0: to another episode of Let's Talk Monsters. I'm Mike. I'm Allison. And today we're going to continue with our George A. Romero zombie trilogy. And Allison is going to pose another question for me. Okay, today's question kind of goes along with the theme of yesterday. Dawn of the Dead. Uh, Dawn of the Dead begins with a SWAT raid on an apartment complex in the projects. Later on, a gang of bikers raid the mall, which sets them against our main characters. Contrast these two scenes and explain what they say about the social issues... At the time of that movie. So there's a lot to say about this film. In many ways, this is really George Romero's masterpiece. Tom Savini, who did all the special effects for him, was actually in Vietnam when George Romero made Night of the Living Dead. By 1978, when this film was being made and came out, Tom Savini had had already joined the team and did most of the groundbreaking special effects that we see in this film, primarily dealing with gore. As I mentioned a few days ago with Bay of Blood and how ahead of their time the Italians were when it came to explicit gory scenes, uh, the Americans by now had caught up by the mid to late 70s and special effects artists like Tom Savini even push the envelope further. So this movie really has a lot. I mean, now by today's standards, you know, I mean, it doesn't you know, I mean, especially the blood. The blood really looks like fake vampire blood, you know, you buy at Walgreens. But for its time, it was quite shocking. I saw this film in the theater when it first came out and it received a rating that I think at the time was unprecedented. The motion picture rating wanted to give it an X, but Romero fought that because he thought that if it received an X, then people would think it was a porn film so they wound up creating another letter which was U and U just meant that it was unrated but it had the same restrictions as a movie that would be rated X so basically anyone under 17 couldn't see it even if they were with a parent which is different from the R rating now I was able to get in and see it when I was 14 because I knew someone who worked at the movie theater but yeah it definitely was uh, the first time I ever saw a movie where there was just full on guts being ripped out of someone you know heads being blown off by shotguns, things like that. But Allison's question isn't about that, so let me just get to Allison's question. Yeah, the beginning of the film is very interesting because uh, there's a SWAT team that is trying to remove these people who are living in the projects. These are primarily black Haitian, it seems like they're Haitian, and then Puerto Ricans. Regardless, they're very religious people and when their family members die, they want to treat the bodies with respect and they're ignoring the orders that are coming from the government, which are saying, when somebody dies, destroy the brain, you know, make sure to destroy the brain because otherwise they're going to get up and they're going to attack you, thus creating more zombies by biting more people. These people are not listening and they're keeping the bodies around, you know, with the hope of having a proper funeral and it's not working. So the government, the city, at least I think this is supposed to take place in Philadelphia, they're sending in the SWAT team. And of course the SWAT team is just filled with some of the worst people. One of our heroes is among, actually both of our heroes are among them and they're not horrible people. But alongside Roger, Roger is a guy named Wooly, and uh, Wooly's just an outright racist and he just goes off and the minute they get the okay to go in there he just starts indiscriminately killing people like he's not even trying to kill zombies he's just trying to kill as many black people and Puerto Rican people as he can. He needs to be put down and thank god he is. I think Romero is definitely trying to make a statement here and the statement is that if a zombie apocalypse did happen that it would be treated differently in different communities based on social class and race. Obviously, rich people would probably have it the best as they usually do. And then here we get an insight into what minorities would be dealing with most likely. They wouldn't only have to deal with the zombies, they have to be dealing with the cops too. Then later on in the film, when they're riding in the helicopter, there's a scene where it's almost played for laughs, where our heroes in the helicopter are looking down in the rural area. Now we're sort of like in the the farmlands of Pennsylvania and they're noticing that there are all these rednecks down there, that's what they call them, rednecks, uh, who are Totally armed, you know, because they, you know, their second amendment rights and everything. So they all have like, you know, each one of them has like three guns and they sort of joke and say, well, those rednecks are probably just having fun with this. And then they cut away, Romero cuts away and he has this little mini montage with goofy music playing in the background. And it's just showing how the National Guard is there and they're, you know, they're trying to protect the area. And the Rednecks are like, we don't need you. Like <laughs> we we've got this, like, you know, this is no problem whatsoever. So there's that scene. And so that's sort of an insight into, you know, what Romero thinks would be happening with that social class. And then lastly, uh, when our heroes are in the mall, the famous mall part of the film, what disrupts their lives ultimately is a biker gang. The biker gang represents yet another element of society. People who had been living on the road even before the zombie apocalypse. I mean these people just they know how to survive. That's what they do. They're nomadic so they never really stay in one area. They don't have to worry about the zombies coming and taking away what they've worked for which is what the character of Flyboy Stephen, he starts to feel like the, the staying in the mall. The mall is theirs, and he wants to defend it. And Peter and Francine have enough wits to say, "Well, hey, this was a nice ride while we had it. You know, it was nice to stay here, but we don't own this stuff. This stuff isn't ours. And you know, we could leave it in a heartbeat." But Flyboy, uh, he's like, "No, this is ours. This is ours." You know, and that's the problem. That's that's one of the weaknesses in these kinds of movies is that when you start clinging on to uh, material possessions, you know, you're most likely going to lose because the zombies are going to outnumber you and they're eventually going to just overrun you or overrun a situation. But with the bikers, they don't have to deal with that. That's like a huge advantage that they have. It's almost like they're the Mongols, you know, where they could just come in as if they're on horseback. But in this case, they're on motorcycles and they just come in and they just raid and they take what they can hold, what they can carry, and then they leave and then they just go somewhere else. And they never really have to worry about being overrun in any sort of situation or not ever, but rarely would they ever have to worry about that. That's how Romero deals with these different social classes in this film. I think he does a brilliant job. It's just, once again, another great horror film that also serves as an excellent social commentary. So that's my answer to Allison's question. We'll be back again tomorrow with our final question on the George A. Romero zombie trilogy. Bye. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. Leave us five stars and a review. Thanks.